Blog Talk Radio. on Make Life Happen, the day we want to make your life happen, even when you're facing pain, and you, as we all know, pain is part of life. Isn't that a horribly depressing thought? But how are we going to manage our pain? How are we going to deal with it? How are we going to overcome it? How are we going to perceive it or interact with it? It makes a huge difference in the way pain is noticed by our sensory system. But today, to help us talk about it, I have Dr. Rose. Hello. How are you today, Dr. Rose? I'm fine. I just danced to your music, and I'm feeling very good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, good. Well, dancing is all part of feeling a whole lot better. In fact, exercise is a great way to releasing those pain pain relievers in our system. Did you, Dr. Rose, did you know that when we cry, it sends a signal into our body to release chemicals that are pain relievers? Did you realize that crying had that value added to it? Well, so I should start beating my wife and let her cry and she'll feel better? <laughs> well, I think you go... I need to talk to your wife on that one. But if you if you go to a movie or you see one of those wonderful phone phone ads with all that that sixty second great story and it's a tearjerker, there's some way in which that actually can elevate people's moods. And um, in, and in our culture, as you probably know, men are often discouraged from crying. But if crying were seen as actually medicinal, I think maybe we might have a little different attitude about it. But Dr. Rose, what is your take on why? We need to experience pain. Well, let me let me comment first on what you just on oh, what okay, you just great. because uh, <clears throat> last week I watched August Rush the movie. You August familiar Rush, with it? Okay. No, I haven't seen it yet. No, okay, no, I have to put that on my list. No, it's I'm it just a beautiful story <laughs> about this boy that's uh, 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 actually his mother. Uh, uh, let me see if I can get it straight now. Uh, the mother <laughs> had this little boy. And when uh, she had a difficult childbirth and was out, and when she woke up, the baby was gone. The father had given the baby up because she was a girl was only six at the time, and she became a concert uh, cellist. And a little boy uh, actually lived on the streets, and uh, but he had he was a musical genius. Anyway, the point is it was just an absolutely beautiful movie, and I'd seen it once before, and as I started watching it, I cried through the whole the whole movie. Wow, wow. Look over at me and smile at times, but she was teary-eyed, too. And, oh, and wow. you're right, it's just a wonderful release, and yes. uh, I'm, I'm kind of a laid-back guy, and I, I don't show my emotions <laughs> as oh, much no. as, in some ways, you know, to, to help people. But uh, when it comes to movies and things, I just let it all out, and it really it keeps me uh, minimally sane anyway. <laughs> from that. You know, even just your, just even your phrase right there, Doctor Rose, you said, "Oh, I just let it all out." It's like we store it, we store it, we store it, and then these opportunities to let it all out that are constructive. It's kind of like yeah, we have to have some ways to let these feelings out. And yeah. you were starting to say something, and I interrupted you. So what was that again, though? Well, you know, Dr. Rose, we're just going to interrupt each other back and forth. They're going to be so excited about sharing our ideas. <laughs> so, um, okay. No, I, 
yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I wanted to, to come. I wanted to see what you were commenting about before I interrupted you. Well, you know that the idea of being able to cry also is coupled with the idea of being able to laugh, and that laughter also is a pain reliever as well because it on several different levels. We 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 laugh because something grabs us and it moves us into a totally different space, and we can measure the chemicals and the neurological processes in the brain, and we see that laughter shifts the chemical process. It also moves you into a different portion of your brain. So if you have trauma localized and some sort of trigger of a memory or event and things that bring that memory back, and if you begin to laugh at something that's completely off track from that, literally that part of the brain doesn't fire as much. So that it is a way of being able to work with your brain. And that's why I asked you to join us, is that you're all about being able to rewire your brain and um, clearly, emotional, physical pain, we have to address the rewiring of pain. So teach us, Dr. Rose. You want to sit at your feet and learn how to manage the inevitable pains that we're going to feel throughout a day, a month, and year. Teach us. I'm going to talk about that um, laughter. Um, when I taught first grade, uh, I'd bring, I, had, I was in a uh, lower middle class area school, and a lot of the kids came to school literally an emotional pain, if not physical pain. And so one of the first things that I did, when they came in the room, they could either hug me or I'd shake their hand, whatever made them comfortable. And then after I'd taken roll, I'd say, okay, now stand up, get next to your partner, and then they would tickle each other. Oh, wow. And they would actually start rolling on the floor, laughing. (laughs) And And that's the way we'd start our, our day. Oh, wow. It got that wow. wonderful uh, feeling of laughter because I had been in a, years before that I'd been in a in a uh, situation with uh, Dr. Stephen Fry, who uh, was an expert on laughter and talks a lot talked a lot about what you just said about the mm-hmm. the emotional release and and the chemical release that mm-hmm. laughter has. So we tried to start off the day in really a positive way, and That's a lot of people was nuts, you know. They were, because, you know, the kids were out of control. They were laughing. Wow. <laughs> they are actually think... laughing themselves healthy. And then they would concentrate on reading because uh, wow. it felt good. Mm. So. It's almost like you had brought love into the moment, you know, a friendliness into the moment, as opposed to having to be hassled with all the morning arguments and yellings and screamings that might have taken place at home or the lack of eating breakfast or whatever it is their pain that they had to walk through. But, but it, you know, not most teachers, Dr. Rose, are okay with children releasing themselves in that kind of carefree, spontaneous rolling on the floor because they're very afraid of letting go of, of letting them go over the threshold of the classroom being in control. Uh, how did you deal with that aspect of it? Well, of course, I was in constant conflict with people because of that, because <laughs> my my books and everything talk. In fact, one of them is called Abuses of Power in Education, Challenging Practically Everything. And wow. and the idea there was that one of the abuses, the reason for the abuses of power is because we feel we have to control everybody. You know, wow. the person right above us is controlling us. And, right. uh, and humans, some humans really seem to... Uh, fare better uh, under controlled situations. They seem to fare better, but they're actually not. And, mm-hmm. and what 
doing is they're giving up the responsibility for their actions to the person that's controlling them, and they can blame uh-huh. that person for everything. And, and mm-hmm. so that that even that isn't healthy. There's nothing healthy about the way schools control children and teachers mm-hmm. and parents and administrators. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy that we talked about before I went on, uh, Dr. Seaman, was talking about how uh, you know the standardized testing, which is uh, uh, ridiculous. It doesn't do mm-hmm. what it's supposed to do. Well, it does what yeah. it's supposed to. Because it's a political thing, and so mm-hmm. it, it is a politically powerful weapon. But as far as what it does for schools, it, it's destroying the schools. It's one of the things that destroys the schools because your, your focus isn't on the child. The focus is on the test right. and how well the child does on the test. And mm-hmm. It's a waste of time. Do you think that that's one reason why uh, we have a, a pervasiveness of emotional pain is that we don't have an opportunity to let it go, get it out, um, be carefree, be expressive, and so we have to somehow take our bodies and crunch it up like we're like like we're storing things up inside. And our physiology says, "Okay, fine, I'll store that for you," but the cost of it is that I'm going to probably accumulate some pain or discomfort or a lack of fluid energy um, that would enable you to be able to um, make your muscles be what they're supposed to be as opposed to not as in tight and tense. What do you think? Right. And, and there's no question, you know, that you're either in a, when you're being controlled or being abused, you're in a fight or flight method. And yeah. uh, when you're in a school or when you're in a job, you can't do either one of them. You can't right. run away or, you know, or you lose your job or, or, you, or you, get, you get worse trouble in school. And you certainly can't fight the person. If you fight the person, right. then you're dealing with the authorities, the police, and everything, and and you're going to be more controlled. So right. you have to stuff it down, and it doesn't work. And that's right. why we have so many uh, problems with uh, with our our bodies, because uh, we don't allow children in the very beginning, you know, to listen to their bodies. One of the things that, that I've been fighting for all of my life in, in schools was I would allow my children to get a drink whenever they wanted and they go to the bathroom whenever they wanted. And teachers would be furious about that. I'd say, well, you can't be doing that because you're screwing up. We're telling our kids they can only go get a drink, you know, during uh, uh, recess and, and lunch and, and they can't go to the bathroom anytime. And I, and I would say that's inhuman. You're teaching kids not to listen to their body. And so I Huh? I totally agree. I was working with a, a young child the other day, and he was talking about how he wasn't allowed to go to the bathroom in the middle of a class, and he was going to get punished for it, and he was afraid and didn't have the right tickets. And, and as a consequence, he tinkled in his uh, in his pants. And the embarrassment and the shame of all that, but it was t- truly inhumane. And yet he took away from it that I am bad that I need to have uh, an opportunity to go to the bathroom. I'm a bad kid. I'm disruptive. I mean, it was a it was extreme response on his part, but to be able to say to him, "No, that was really not okay for an adult to treat you that way," is also a startling thing for a child who wants to trust and and understand and be guided by you know adults that are wise and helpful. Uh, it was it was such a small thing, but in that child's life, it caused him to be pent up and anxious and more uptight about his body and about his his whole identity. Yeah, and and it happens with the teachers too because we can't go to the bathroom either, you know, <laughs> when we're allowed. 
And um, when uh, when I came back to teaching after retiring, and uh, I was in my late 60s, uh, and you know I had prostate problems, so uh, the, the uh, administrator knew. So I had a partner that if I had to go really badly, you know, I would just tell her, you know, uh, watch my kids for a moment. But I mean, I had to rush there and back and forth. But you know, most teachers don't 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 have that uh, that privilege. And and so they they uh, get constipated, they they get bladder problems, they get infections, and uh, uh, they get sick. That's and, interesting. And so the inhumaneness is is uh, perversive, pervasive. It's pervasive too, but it's pervasive <laughs> through the whole system. Are you ready to take a phone call here, Doctor Rose? Someone's calling here. Here we go. Hello, can you hear me? This is Dr. Carol Francis on Make Life Happen, and we're talking to Dr. Rose. And hello, who are you? Uh, is that me? <laughs> I don't know. Is it Who is this? Yes, is that you? <laughs> yes, uh, my name is Hugh. I'm calling from Virginia. I was just listening. I've had uh, a lot of physical problems over the years, and uh, uh, a lot of it does come from stress uh, I worked 100-hour weeks for many, many years and wasn't aware of how I was affecting my body by my wife fixing a beautiful meal and going to bed for a few hours and popping right up to go on another shift and eat to stay awake and what have you. And uh, it caught up after many years, and I have, wow. CO- I have COPD, I have wow. type 2 diabetes, prostate cancer, uh, mm. sleep apnea, all kinds of stuff. But mm. I am I'm in the VA healthcare system, but I am starting to self-heal spiritually. And that's a whole area that I think is going to come into play a lot more in the future. Because, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, Dr. Rose, what do, you, what do you think of our caller's experience with his body as well as the, the, the participation of spiritual healing? What do you think, Dr. Rose? Well, uh, first of all, I have to say that I'm an atheist, but I respect people oh. <laughs> whatever they believe, and whatever that whatever they believe, they can use to help them. Uh, I don't know how you guys are familiar with epigenetics. I, I'm not an expert on epigenetics, but the idea of epigenetics, I think, is the fact that we we have believed for a long time that our, our genetic makeup. Is uh, is made in concrete. In other words, what we were given at birth is what we have to be. Now we find out from epigenetics that probably only about 25% of of our of what happens to us is uh, part of our genetics. But we can override any of these things. That's that's one of the things that I try to teach people is uh, how to use your mind to override it. And if you're a person that believes in spirituality, you believe in God or whatever whatever force that you believe in, that is using your mind to overcome what it was given to you genetically or what you were uh, trained, like, like we've just been talking. Schools train you to turn off your body signals. And right. whatever you can use to turn them back on, whether it's spirituality or what, like what I give you certain metaphors and certain things to help you to uh, uh, to help yourself, because uh, as Charles Janowski in his book talks about the brain, he said 
every, everything that's happening in your life is interpreted by your brain. So your right. brain controls everything. And you can control your brain when you have the cognitive understanding of it and consciously train it. And that's what we try to do. I'm sure Carol does that and I do that, trying to retrain, or I call it rewiring your brain. So uh, the caller, what he's doing spiritually, is rewiring his brain, which is great. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And thank you, caller, so much for for introducing the spiritual aspect. Before we go into the spiritual aspect, I would like Dr. Rose to give us um, an exercise or a perspective change or the way you might say, here's a way of remedying your your relationship with pain. What, what would you suggest off the top here, Dr. Rose, for our listeners, yep. for our callers? I'll give you I'll give you an exact an example. Okay. And this was uh, uh, well actually with my daughter. She's had 25 operations. Uh, she was in her 50s, and um, she was in the hospital and she had a severe migraine. And I, I was visiting her and she was telling me, you know, that uh, they can't give her the pain medication they were giving her. It just wasn't wasn't killing the pain. And so I said, "What well, do you want me to try doing a guided imagery with you?" And I had, she was, a, I had trained her when she was a kid, and and she was a teacher, and she knew a lot about guided imagery, so it was easy for me to help her with this. But she had, the pain level was at a ten, and um, so I asked her, "Okay, her name is Lisa." I said, "Lisa, uh, how do you visualize this pain? What is it, what is a metaphor for it?" And she paused for a second and said, well, I see two, like two metal rods just piercing my eyes. And it's going into my brain and it's just, you know, it just depends. The pain is at the highest level possible. And I said, okay. Now, what I I would have done years ago and what I've seen hypnotists would do is uh, they would think what they would do to get rid of it. So my my impulse would have been to say, well, just pull out those pull out those metal rods. But instead of that, instead of me imposing something on her, I said, okay, now how do you see yourself? You saw yourself with this two metal rods going in your eyes. Now I want you to tell me how you see yourself getting rid of those metal rods. You know, and like I said, my first impulse was pulling them out. And she paused for a minute and said, well, I, I, I see them melting. And that surprised me. Metal rods melt. Okay. I said, as as the metal rods metal rods start to melt, the pain is going to go away. And another, another aspect of that I did uh, that I found helpful, uh, which you can't do over the phone, of course, well, you could do it mentally. I said, I put my hand on her and I said, let the, let that pain go through your arm and into my body, and I'll, I'll accept it. And I said, it won't bother me, so just let it go, go into my body. Mm. And we sat there for a few minutes, and then I said, well, what's happening? And she said, disappearing. I said, tell me when, when it's gone. And she said, it's gone. And I said, what pain level is it now? She said, Dad, it's zero. I have no pain yeah. at all. So it was all mind control. And all I was was the the facilitator, the guide to help her, and that's what I that's what I like to do with people, and I do that I can do that over the phone too. I mean, it's, it's always better in person. No question about it. But you can do it over the phone. So, 
Beautiful story, Dr. Rose. Um, you know, when I was about 32 years ago, when I started my doctoral training, uh, one of my roommates at the time, because we were all graduate students, uh, said, oh, I just broke my shoulder. Can you do any pain control? She knew I was taking a hypnosis training class at the time. I said, I don't know. I, said, I don't know if I can or not. So we put her into a, what I understood at the time to be a hypnotic state, and we made her hand, she was very comfortable with this, she made, made her hand numb, and it was a comfortable numbness. I said, now you're just going to put it on that spot where your shoulder is, and so she put it on the part where it had broken and the nerves had been damaged, and said, until tomorrow, 24 hours from now, you're, you're, you're not going to feel any pain whatsoever in your shoulder. So, you know, woke her up, she was nice and happy and relaxed and just forgot about it. I didn't mention anything to her. So the next day, around the 24-hour mark, I said, oh, how are you feeling? She goes, gosh, it's been amazing. My shoulder doesn't hurt at all. And and, uh, and fine, she went around a little bit more, and then almost immediately um, at the 24-hour mark, she said, oh, no, here it is again, here it is again. I thought, oh, my gosh, the power of the mind to deal with an actual physically damaged region of our body. Uh, amazing, amazing. And that, was, that made me an initial believer in the process of the mind-body interaction. Colin, what do you think of all this? But you see, well, one I, of the, okay, I'm go sorry. Ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. The doctor want to say something? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what happened in that yeah, case, ahead. and the thing that bothers me about that is, uh, in fact, I have I have a video on uh, on YouTube where uh, I I told uh, hip, I was talking about the difference between what I noticed with most hypnotists and people that use what I call guided imagery. Right. And uh, and I faulted the hypnotist by saying that I think what you do is you impose your will upon the person. You do help them, and you take the responsibility of their wellness into your hands. And a lot of people want that. And, uh, and depending on the character and the personality of the person, I can see where this would be very useful. But it doesn't train the person to do it for themselves. What I'm trying to do is to train the person to do it for themselves. My job is to is for for them to get rid of me as soon as possible. You know, yes. the, the better I do the job, the fewer sessions that we'll need because yes. uh, they they will be responsible and they will feel confident enough to do it for themselves. When I when I was teaching uh, children, uh, I had a a, a, a wrestling mat in the corner of my room because we did wrestling and boxing and everything but uh, if a kid had a headache what I trained them to do is I said what you do is you when you have a headache you visualize your head as a big ice cube and then you just watch as the ice cube melts now I did a lot of, uh, of imagery with the kids so they they were used they were used to going into into their minds and, and, and conjuring up things and seeing things and I would lead them into all kinds of experiences. So they could do this. And if they had a stomach ache, they had things they could do for their stomach. A girl had a menstrual cramp or a guy had, one of the kids had a leg cramp. They could just go in there and lay on the mat in about four or five minutes. They'd be fine and come back and they'd, you know, continue as if nothing happened. And it really worked. But the thing is, this was a large group. What I'm trying to do now is, is work individually with people so that they can come up with things, not what I come up with, but what they come up with. That's the key to me. 
It's like it's like people facing that they do have the power to have an influence. I do want to go to the caller for just a moment. So, caller, are you there now? Yes. Hello. Yeah, it's okay. I just Hi. Want to go. You 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 pretty much said like what Dr. Rose was saying, which is that you have found a way through the spiritual point of view to help you with the pains and the diseases. Can you just very briefly, you don't have much time left, but very briefly give us a little feel about that. And then I want Dr. Rose to tell us even more about some of the techniques because that's what you're doing. You're finding your own path. So, Caller, what, what is your path? What, what seems to be working for you? Well, I have a, a Christ consciousness in my heart, and I co-create with God, and I have unlimited creativity. I've trained my mind to think in those terms, and yes. I'm doing much more than just self-healing. And I'll give a call to your office after. Uh, I'll give two quick sites of people who can give you a little bit more insight about me. One is a DNA mind research scientist right out in your area in the Los Angeles area. His site is the number 24dna.com, uh, uh, Dr. Bob Afasamaga. Very, very interesting things that are coming to the forefront. And there's another gentleman up in Northern California, uh, Dr. David, whose main site is Light Party, L-I-G-H-T-P-A-R-T-Y.com. And he's uh, the founder and director of the San Francisco Medical Research Foundation. It's a huge site of all kinds of holistic medical information. And radionics, I don't know if the doctor is familiar with that. That seems to be a, a cutting new edge thing. And past life regressions, oh, I think, are very, very helpful and not only uh, physical pain, but removing the, the blocks uh, for people uh, from, from past experiences in their lives. Thank you so much for providing those four different places to examine, and and we we can explore each of those in subsequent uh, programs because they are they have such interesting information. Caller, I thank you so much for calling. I'm going to leave you on if you want to. But Dr. Rose, as you were listening to the caller. What sort of things came to your mind in terms of your experiences or what you've seen people be able to do with pain? Well, yeah, I can see what he's doing, you know, and I and I, and I would agree that uh, it was going to help him because he he's taken personal responsibility for his actions and, and yes. for his life, and and that's what uh, that's what I'm trying to do. But with past life regressions, of course, I don't believe in that. But uh, I've been I've, I've seen people do that. I. I worked with a guy that did about 1,500 of them, and I watched him work. In fact, he did one with my wife. And um, it, 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 you, you tap into people's imagination, and uh, and, and they go back and, and they they create things in their mind. And it's not a bad thing <laughs> because, again, just like uh, saying about spirituality, whether I believe it or not, uh, when the person believes it, then they can actually recreate their mind. They can rewire their brain. And during the past life regression, my wife did some brain rewiring. She looked at things with her brothers and and her parents and everything that was helpful to her. And so her brain uh, helped her <laughs> to to reconstruct some of the things in her life, and that, that did help her. So I'm not I'm not against it. Uh, I like to talk to uh, to the people about uh, what I call my wellness questionnaire and Carol you can comment as yes. I as I talk about these things and people if, if they're interested in working with me they can contact me at IC that's imaginative curriculum Dr. DR and then Rose 
at gmail.com, and uh, and they can fill in this well. Well, I'll send them this wellness que- questionnaire, and then Wonderful. we can we can work together. And I'm uh, much less expensive than the people that have, that have taught me all these things. Anyway. Uh, and, and and just and before you go into that, your site is imaginativecurriculum.com, spelled yes. just like it is, imaginativecurriculum.com, and uh, I will be putting that out there as well uh, when I send my Twitters and my Facebook so that people can have that information on there. And you so, got my uh, my radio show address too, don't you? Yes. Good. And you want to go ahead and give us that radio show at Radio That's, that's where I get where I get so many fantastic ideas and things from from some of these just brilliant people that I've interviewed. It's it's just it's just great. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, uh, the idea of the questionnaire is, uh, and I, when I worked with seniors, I said the problem with you and your doctors is the doctors don't know anything about you. You know, they, they, they see you as a symptom. Uh, you 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 bring symptoms in and they treat your symptom. And, and then they give you a drug, and then the drug has a side effect, and then they give you a drug for that, and the thing just multiplies, and you get sicker. The idea is that doctors should know who you are, and this wellness questionnaire is a way for me to get to understand you. So whether you work with me or not, if you, if you send for the wellness questionnaire, you're going to have a tool that you can take to the doctor and tell them, put this in my record so that you have wow. some idea. Who I am, and I think it would help anybody that has any kind of a problem. Okay, so wonderful. Um, okay, so they can so that what they email and they get that from you. That's what they ask for is the questionnaire. Yeah, just that I see doctor email dot com, and I and I will send them the questionnaire. Um, how much time do we have so I know what we we can we're talking about here? We are at the end of the program, actually. I'm going to go turn on the music okay. right now. Rose, we need to have you on again. Would you be willing to do that? Sure. Okay. And, caller, thank you so much for sharing. Give me a call as well. Um, these are ideas that we all need to consider as we take charge of our life and make it happen. That's what the show is about, is make life happen. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Dr. Carol Francis signing off for now. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, Carol. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.